Welcome to the ninth segment of KALA This Week. I'm your host, Bailey Winfrey. Last night, we got to attend SAU Night at the Figgy, and it was such a great experience to be out there with other SAU clubs. Today, we will hear from Anna, McKenna, Sierra, and Ryan. Let's jump into the first story. Hello, KALA listeners. This is Anna Berry with KALA This Week. Today, I'm joined by Bryn Bean Blossom to talk about Be the Difference Month, which is currently taking place here at St. Ambrose University. Hi, Bryn. Thank you so much for coming in and talking with me today. Hi, Anna. Thank you for having me. Um, why don't you start by introducing yourself to the listeners? Yeah. Um, so, like Anna said, my name is Bryn Bean Blossom, um, and I'm in my second year here at St. Ambrose, I am a psychology major, um, pre-speech language pathology. Um, I am a peer campus minister in Bechtel Hall. So basically what that means is I'm just a resource to the students that live in Bechtel, which is a freshman dorm. So um, it's really fun to build those connections with my residents, but I really enjoyed this year so far. So That's awesome. So the intention of this segment today is to highlight Be the Difference Month. Uh, For the listeners that do not know, Be the Difference Month is a 30-day long event where the SAU community commits to prayer and service. From November 7th to December 6th, the St. Ambrose community is encouraged to find service projects to be a part of, as well as reflect on their experiences through prayer and reflection. Be the Difference Month was kickstarted with Be the Difference Day. Be the Difference Day took place this past Sunday, November 7th. Now, Brent, you participated in this event. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about the day? Yeah, so this was my first year doing Be the Difference Day. Um, But I started my morning off by going to Mass at 1030. um, And then we all went to brunch together. And then at noon, we all met on the Rogalski patio. And we got our housing assignments and our T-shirts. And then at 1230, Father Ross said a prayer and sent us off to our assigned services. So some of us went upstairs in the Rogalski ballroom and packed food for Kids Against Hunger. And then my group went to a house and we raked leaves. So we were there for about two hours and it was so much fun. It was really awesome to get to meet members of the community. Um, And we met the owners of our house and we raked leaves and laughed a lot and I don't know, it was just really awesome to be, like, united with people and, yeah, doing service for the community, so... That's awesome, and I hear there were about 600 members of the Ambrose community that were committed to serving the neighbors this this year, so that's a wonderful thing. And like you said, there was yard work, meal packaging, park cleanups, and more. And I think one of the coolest things that I saw was, I don't know about you, but on my Instagram feed the day after, all the sports teams and the clubs had all posted about their, their um, work, and I thought that was such a cool thing to see especially with all the members, especially from freshmen to seniors and faculty. It was really just a day of celebrating, you know, service. Yeah, it was so fun. And I also really enjoyed that this weekend was also family weekend. So if people wanted to participate and be the Difference Day with their family, um, that was just like really another really awesome way for them to get involved. So I did really enjoy seeing the pictures too. Some of them were so funny. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, especially, like you said, family weekend, you know, getting your family involved and in, into the Ambrose traditions. And, you know, this Be the Difference Month has been a thing for about 15 years. So it's a really long, it's a long tradition that Ambrose has been having. And, you know, it's really important for everyone to be involved and, you know, understand what makes them Ambrosian. So, uh, like I said earlier, not only in the, is this month devoted to service work, but it's also devoted to prayer and reflection. So what are some of the ways you plan to pray and reflect this month? 
Yeah, um, so I really enjoy daily mass. So I go to mass. Um, Ambrose offers it Monday through Thursday. So I go um, those days, and then I go to the cathedral on Friday, and then I also attend mass on Sundays. Um, I also really enjoy adoration, um, which is just a time of prayer and reflection um, for those of you that, I guess, aren't Catholic and aren't familiar with adoration. But in this month, I was also asked to do... Um, reflection on the scripture. So every day they're sending out an email about reflection over the scripture of the day. Um, so I was asked to do that on November 21st. So that's been another really awesome way to incorporate prayer and reflection in my life. Yeah, those are all wonderful examples, especially those emails. I know I've been checking my email daily. So, you know, getting those and those are a good reminder to also find that way to reflect during the day even if it's a simple five minute thing or you know an hour long however long you have just to sit in reflection with yourself and really ponder what's what the impact you're making in the community is with november 7th being the kickstart of be the difference month wednesday december 7th will conclude it and on this day we will celebrate the feast of saint ambrose um in celebration of seu's patron saint homemade breads Fresh honey and soups will be enjoyed along with fellowship. So what aspects of this day are you most looking forward to? Oh my gosh, this day last year was so awesome. So over like the noon hour, President Novak was in the Rogalski Center serving bread that she made in her house with her family. Um, so she was feeding hundreds of us um, and she was serving us this bread. Um, I don't know, it was just a really awesome time to get together and eat homemade food with the Ambrose community and I'm also really looking forward to just like looking back and reflecting on this month of service and prayer um, so much is going to happen this month and so many awesome things are going to happen so I'm really excited to you know look back and see what difference we've made in the community and um, in our own personal lives definitely I'm definitely looking forward to that as well you know um Ambrose students and faculty are encouraged to also post pictures of their service and prayer and reflection moments on Instagram and other social media platforms with the hashtag be the difference month or something like that and I'm really excited to go through those pictures and see not only how have, how have I made an impact in the community but how have my fellow classmates and my teachers and you know other staff that I looked up to here at Ambrose how did they make a difference you know and that's going to be a wonderful event to have on December 7th um, just to conclude it all. So thank you so much, Bryn, for sitting down with me and talking. Uh, and thank you, the listeners of KALA, for tuning in for this week's episode of KALA This Week. Once again, my name is Anna Berry, and I'm signing off. Hi, guys. This is McKenna Berry on KALA This Week. I'm here with Lillian Olson and Ryan Warwick to talk about the Sports Manager Conference that will be happening November 16th in the Rogalski Center Ballroom from 6 to 8 p.m. Hi, guys. Hi, how's it going? Pretty good. How about you? Pretty good as well. Made it halfway through the week, so that's a, that's a big deal. Yeah. Definitely. I, it's, uh, it's been a week for sure. It's Wednesday, and we're here. <laughs> Lily's been busy. Yeah. So what is the Sports Manager Conference, and what does it consist of? Uh, so basically the idea of it is... Uh, some speakers at the beginning that will provide kind of some information in sports management and uh, kind of how to be an effective member or uh, I guess worker in sports management, gain experiences and, and uh, knowledge and skills uh, through some of the stuff that they've experienced in their career. 
And then we'll kind of shift that to a networking event where people are able to then kind of talk to them and make kind of connections to to meet uh, professionals in the sports management industry. Absolutely, yeah. What panel of speakers will be at the conference and what do they consist of? So we can run through the list. We have a keynote speaker who will yeah. kind of open up the event and... Um, it's Dave Harrell. He's the president and CEO of Visit, Visit QC. Mm-hmm. He has an extensive background in sports management and has kind of been all around the U.S. Uh, just in terms of places that he's worked. Um, you can learn more about that if you if you show up to the event, but I won't go too much in depth because he'll have plenty of stuff to talk about. And then if Lily, you want to do panelists. So we also have a group of panelists. So it looks like there's about seven of them. Um, we have Joe Colby, he's the chief operating officer from Main Street Baseball. Paul Kleinhaus Schultz, uh, he's the general manager of the Quad Cities River Bandits. We have Julia McNeil, the assistant GM Quad Cities River Bandits. Um, Destiny Brown, she's the general manager of the Quad Cities Simulators. Gary Thrapp, he's the owner of Beyond the Baseline. Um, and Chris Kissler, she's the senior women's administrator here at Ambrose. And Delvin Anderson, who is the owner of Quad City United Basketball. So I'm really hoping for those guys to give us a lot of what they've learned through sports management and uh, kind of open up the floor to other people to talk and ask them questions so that like, we can get a diverse and like amount of information from all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So how does this conference go into the sports management department majors? So the cool thing about this conference is that it is like rooted within a class and it's our capstone class. It's called capstone and sports management and it's a graduation requirement for all uh, sports management students to obtain their degree and kind of you just go through and like the start of the class everybody like decides what role they're going to like even apply for it. Apply for yeah. Yeah. and you go through and have like an interview process with the professor that is kind of like a moderator in the sense for the class and because like he doesn't really he just he doesn't give too much information to us he's just like I'm gonna give you like this from what we had in years past and like you guys just go off of this so we've actually had the ability to like look through past capstones um, folders and everything to get to where we are today and like the planning for this event but it hasn't happened in what, like three years because of COVID? Since before COVID. Yeah, it was, I think 2019 was the last time that this conference was held. So we're pretty excited about having it back and uh, getting to like learn all of the information and steps and like being able to work with like a event group and trying to coordinate everything together and working within different departments. Um, Ryan, do you have anything to add? Yeah, so I would say what's kind of pretty interesting or unique about this class and then kind of what comes with it with the conference is just the, in terms of like independence, I don't think um, there's really a class at Ambrose that is this level of independent. We have a group of students with a teacher who gives us some advice, but for the most part, we're we're pretty much putting on this event completely by ourselves. So I kind of consider it a culmination of a lot of the skills that we've gained we have a, a sales, a marketing, um, logistics departments, a finance department. So we kind of have these four groups um, that are all working working together, but almost separately as well, just with their strong suits and skills that they've they've kind of focused on and stuff that they want to pursue in the future. Um, and so they're using those skills to put on this event, and uh, and it's something that like I don't really think there's anything else quite like it at Ambrose, and and a lot of other colleges definitely don't have anything like it. Yeah. Um, and it's something that we'll be able to use for resumes and, and future job experiences and just what we've gained will help benefit us 
in the coming years. Well, I guess next year because we're all, it's a senior class, so. Yeah. As event director and marketing manager and the whole team, what does it take to go into making this conference happen? Um, so, honestly, I was kind of surprised in a sense of the amount of work that went into it. Like when we first started this class, it was a little bit of a slow process getting the ball rolling. Um, but as soon as we kind of realized what it was going to take to put this event on, um, with kind of the help of the rest of the students in the class and all my classmates, um, I mean, it's you're you're gaining sponsors and vendors and funding. You need materials. You need to put out all the media, which Lily has done yeah. a great job of. Um, and that's something that like like. For me, I'm not good at social media, so I knew that was a weak point for me, whereas my other classmates have strong suits. So the realization of where you're able to help and where you need to kind of take a step back um, is something that this has kind of helped, I think, a lot of the students realize. Uh, realize. So it's kind of a realization of skills as well as using them to gain money, sponsors, attendance, volunteers. Ryan has done so much with, like, Ryan and Spencer, I guess, have done so much with, like, helping keep all of us, like, on the right path and, like, kind of telling us, like, okay, like, this needs to get out, too. But, like, personally, as the marketing coordinator, I have, like, four people under me. I have graphic designers and a promotional manager and um, a social media manager. So it's just, like, it's 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 kind of like you're leading your own pack, in a sense. Like, he leads the whole group, but, like, then I'm, like, a subsidiary of him. So it's, like, I go and, like... <laughs> lead all these people and it kind of is like it definitely is a realization of like wow like you really do have to like have your head on your shoulders right for this because it does take a lot and like just even trying to make one social media post it's it's not like oh let's just send it out it's like you have to coordinate with the person that's running the twitter you have to coordinate with the person that's running the facebook instagram and then make a flyer and then when that flyer gets out where are you going to send it to you're going to send it to the waggle or the waggle for ambrose are you going to send it to kla to get that out there it's just like I don't know, it's, take, it's taken a lot, but I think we've all learned a huge amount, even though it started off slow, like mm -hmm. Ryan said. So I think it's been really helpful to like even be a part of this class, and it's like a huge part of like your sport management degree that we have this capstone. Yeah, I'd also like to give Lily some credit because it is a class that is predominantly guys, <laughs> but we have, we have a few girls in there, and we put her in charge of a group of four guys, and she has done a very good job in managing them. So that's something that goes into it as well. Yeah. Nice. So how important is this conference and why people should go to it? So I think I think the biggest part of this conference is, well, there's two kind of parts. I think gaining kind of the knowledge because the people that we've brought in and the panelists and keynote speaker have been in the industry for a long time. And even if you're not super interested in sports management specifically, they're still in business and, and kind of marketing yeah. and all these different majors that, that, uh, are applicable to a lot of Ambrose students. So I mean the knowledge that they have and the knowledge that they've gained um, and are willing to share, are going to share is, is super important. Um, and then I think the other thing is you're then able to network and talk with these people, which is something that as a now fifth year senior, it took me maybe two or three years too long to figure out that networking is everything. So the people you know and the people that you meet even if it's a two-minute conversation, shaking their hands and getting your face and name um, in their head, just them knowing you to the very slightest, yes. that could be the difference between you finding a job you love, finding a job you hate, or finding no job at all. 
Right. And I think another point that you just kind of said is like finding a job you love. I think learning what these people like learning from what these people have to say at this conference, kind of like what they loved and what they didn't love and like how they found that out. So like if they spent like four years somewhere and they're like, this isn't for me. And then just like having that reassurance that like somebody else didn't know what they wanted to do too and then like you're going out and like it's a huge huge world out there in sports management so it's just like there's so many different places that you can go and it's okay like if you don't like find the like the perfect place the first time you get Mm -hmm. a job somewhere and it's like there's so many different like little like niche areas of sports management so it's just like it's it's going to be interesting to hear what everybody else has to say at the conference so it's important that people come out and come to the conference (laughs) absolutely i love that anything else you guys like to add at all i guess i would say one thing that i had talked to a current freshman in amros about because he is an undecided major and he just was talking about how he was just going to go into something business and he was just going to do this. Our professor put it best when he said that sports management at Ambrose is kind of a, I think he said, destination major. So you, you come to St. Ambrose for sports and all this different whatever reason and then you're here and you go, then you realize that you like sports management or that it's a possibility. So a lot of people maybe have not given sports management as a major a chance and I could talk for 30 minutes about explaining all the potential (laughs) possibilities with sports management, but this conference will give you just a little bit of insight. So if you're even considering it or considering a minor in sports management, I think that this is a great opportunity for you to get some insight into the field. Also, shout out all the girls that are going to be in sports management. I think it can be scary being in classes with just like you and all guys, but trust me, people need women in sports management it's a huge field and it's like it's like the need for male teachers so just like take the step and like make the dive go for it it's great i would also like to add on to that julia mcneil and chris kissler are two of our our female panelists and their resumes and careers are astonishing really so there's a future and kind of for smart women all over and i think sports management is somewhere that they can super well succeed yeah Definitely. Thank you guys very much. Hello, listeners. Thank you for joining us with another CC's Stress-Free Recipes. This week, we are making an easy homemade pizza inspired by the food charlatan who has been perfecting her homemade pizza dough pizza sauce and perfect mixture of toppings for over a decade pizza is the perfect comfort food to combine a bunch of people together in one setting some tips for making homemade pizza are use a homemade dough with lots of flavor use a decent pizza sauce preheat your oven at least 30 minutes Par-bake your pizza crust to make sure your pizza has a crisp bottom and a cooked center. The best part about pizza is that it's actually very quick, and if you have everything ready to go, then it will be super easy and convenient. The first thing you do is preheat your oven up as high as it will go. It takes longer than you think to heat your oven up all the way. You want to give your oven at least 30 minutes to preheat. Prepare your work surface by rubbing the counter with oil or lightly dust it with flour if you have a very sticky dough. 
However, too much flour can turn your dough tough. Roll out your pizza dough, and if you want to know how to make homemade pizza dough, I have a super easy recipe for homemade pizza dough. The recipe is quick to make with just a 20 minute rise. You're gonna need one and a half cups of warm water, two and one quarter teaspoons active dry yeast, one tablespoon sugar, two teaspoons salt, three tablespoons olive oil, three and three fourths cup bread flour, or all-purpose flour. To start making the perfect pizza dough, add the warm water to a large bowl. Add two and one quarter teaspoons of dry yeast and one tablespoon of sugar to the water. Wait for about three minutes until you see bubbles forming. It should look slightly foamy. Once you have added your yeast, warm water, and sugar to the bowl, add two teaspoons of kosher salt, three tablespoons of olive oil, and three and three-fourths cup of flour, one cup at a time. Once all your flour is incorporated into your dough, it's time to knead it for five minutes. You can do this by hand on a flour-dusted countertop or using a dough hook on a stand mixer. The dough should be smooth, elastic, slightly sticky, and soft. You can add a bit more flour if the dough has not come together yet in a ball. Next, shape your dough into a ball and place it in a large greased bowl, turning over once so the top of the dough is greased. Cover the bowl with a towel or a plastic wrap and let it rise in a warm place. This should take 20 to 30 minutes, but if you want, you can rise it for an hour or two hours, however long you want. The longer you wait, the more flavorful and textured your crust will be. Once your dough has risen, punch it down and separate it into two balls to make two 12-inch pizzas. If you want really super thin crust, you can separate it into three dough balls. Next, place each ball onto a greased or floured surface and let it rest. Cover it with another towel or a plastic wrap for another 5 to 20 minutes, whatever you have time for. Deflate each ball with your hands, and now your pizza dough is ready to go. Place your ball of pizza dough in the center of your prepared work surface and use your hands to press it down, starting from the center. Keep patting down gently on the dough, moving the dough outward from the center. Make sure to keep rotating it to make the perfect shape. Continue patting and stretching the dough gently with your hands until it's about 12 inches across. Now transfer the dough to a square of parchment paper. Drizzle about a tablespoon of olive oil over the top of your dough. This layer of oil will help provide a barrier between the toppings and the dough, helping it cook more evenly. Now par-bake the dough. Once the oven is up to temperature, we're going to do a one to two minute par-bake. Pulling on the edging of the parchment paper, slide your pizza dough onto a pizza peel or a flat baking sheet. Open the oven and pull on the parchment paper again to slide the pizza dough and the parchment paper onto the hot pizza stone or pizza pan. It's good if your pizza pan has holes on the bottom to let a nice circulation of air go through. Shut the oven door and par-bake it for one to two minutes until the dough is slightly puffed. Pull on the parchment paper again to transfer the half-baked dough back onto your pizza peel or pizza pan. Keep the oven door shut as much as possible so you don't lose the heat. Poke down any large bubbles on your crust. Now you can top your pizza. Add one cup of pizza sauce. To make your homemade pizza sauce, you need two tablespoons of olive oil, one third cup chopped onion, three cloves of garlic, three tablespoons of tomato paste, two teaspoons of dried oregano, one teaspoon of dried basil, half a teaspoon garlic powder, one and one quarter teaspoons of salt, one eighth teaspoon crushed red pepper, 28 ounces of canned whole tomatoes, and one half teaspoon of sugar. Prep all of your ingredients first so they are ready to go. In a small bowl, add all of the spices together. 
Then heat a medium skillet over medium heat. When it's very hot, add two teaspoons of olive oil and swirl to coat. Add one third cup chopped onions and saute for three to four minutes. Add one tablespoon minced garlic and all the spices you prepped in step two. Saute and stir for one more minute until the garlic and spices are fragrant. Add three tablespoons of tomato paste. Add the whole tomatoes. Break up the tomatoes with a wooden spoon as much as you can. Bring to a simmer over medium or medium low heat. Let simmer for about five to 30 minutes. Add sugar if necessary. And that's how you make the homemade pizza sauce. Next is the cheese. Add three ounces of thinly sliced mozzarella and then top with five ounces of shredded mozzarella. And then if you wanna add any other toppings other than cheese, you can do that now. Bake the pizza. Transfer the pizza back onto the pizza pan without the parchment paper. Bake the pizza for about eight to 12 minutes. The edges of the crust should be golden brown and the cheese should be bubbly and also starting to lightly brown. If you don't have a pizza stone, it's okay. You can use a spatula to lift the edge of your pizza to make sure that it's all browning all across the center on the bottom. Next, remove your pizza from the oven using the pizza peel. Let cool for a couple of minutes, then transfer to a cutting board. Slice into eight pieces and you are all ready to go. Thank you so much for tuning in today on this week's of CC's Stress-Free Recipe. This week we learned how to make homemade pizza dough and homemade pizza sauce to create our perfect homemade pizza perfection. Tune in for next week to learn how to make another CC stress-free recipe. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back into the sports segment of KALA This Week. I'm Ryan Schistel. In this week's segment of sports for the show, it is a segment filled with both heartbreak but positive outlook as I will be discussing women's soccer, football, women's volleyball, and then both the men's and women's basketball teams. Starting with women's soccer, this is where the heartbreak kind of kicks in. The team season is officially over as the women's soccer team ends with a overall record of 13 wins, 4 losses, and 3 ties, and then a conference record of 10 wins, 1 loss, and 2 ties. Now, the women's soccer team was playing in the CCAC tournament last time I spoke, and they ended with a 3-2 win in the quarterfinals against Judson in overtime. Um, it was a great game out of the Bees winning 3-2 as goals were scored by Genevieve Bauer in the 72nd minute, Haley Wilson in the 88th minute, and then Genevieve Bauer again in overtime in the 93rd minute to win it for the Bees. It was a great game for the Bees in the quarterfinals. They got to move on to play Cardinal Stritch for the CCAC tournament semifinals. And this is exactly where the heartbreak kicks in as the women's soccer team lost 2-1 to in double overtime against the Wolves of Cardinal Stritch. Going into overtime, the Bees and Wolves were knotted up at zero. And then in soccer for overtime, it's two 15-minute halves. So the Bees and Wolves both scored in the first overtime, and then Cardinal Stritch was just able to put in their second goal of the game in double overtime to get the win. Reva Ross was the first person to score for the Wolves in the 92nd minute of action to make it 1-0 for Cardinal Stritch, until Taylor DeSplinter scored in the 98th minute on an unassisted goal to knot the score up at 1 in overtime. Then, in double overtime in the 109th minute, it was Mari Sagstad who put in an unassisted goal to win it for the Wolves 2-1 against the Bees. In that game, St. Ambrose took 22 total shots, putting 8 of them on goal. Carla Sastre, the goalie for Cardinal Stritch, was able to save 7 of those 8 shots faced. 
Then for Cardinal Stritch, they took 18 total shots, putting six on goal. Rachel Ouellette, who was just such a strong player for the Bees all season, saved four out of the six shots, and it's just such a disappointing way for this women's soccer team to go out and just with how well that that team played all year. You know, they were a team that I definitely thought was going to win the CCAC and make a nice little run in the national tournament. You know, a double overtime loss hurts even more than what would have just been a loss in, you know, regular time. But this is a team that I definitely think will bounce back. Um, They've got a lot of good upperclassmen for next year. Even some of the younger players, whether they're on JV now or varsity as the underclassmen, when they get their chance to move up to the varsity team, I definitely think this is a team that's going to thrive going forward and a team that is going to make all the impact on the CCAC in upcoming years. Now, the next sport I have to talk about is the football team, and the football team lost yet another game, extending their losing streak to four straight games now. The football team has a record of 2-7 and seven with a conference record of 2-4 and four following last week's loss, 31-14 to 14 against St. Xavier University on the south side of Chicago. Tom Casey was at quarterback once again going 10-for-26 passing for 85 yards and one touchdown. That touchdown was caught by Ben Gilbert, who had two receptions and 30 yards with a long of 24 yards, and it was kind of a Randy Moss-esque catch as Gilbert kind of jumped up behind his defender, reached over the defender's head, and pulled that ball in. It was an unbelievable catch. And then Yemi Ward had four rushes for 25 yards. He had the B's second touchdown of the game, which ended up being the only point scored for the Bees in that 31-14 loss. Now, in that game, the weather was absolutely crazy. David Meyer and I were on the call there, and it was one of those days in Chicago where it was kind of nice. A little bit of a breeze was in the air, and then all of a sudden, it was just 30-mile-per-hour winds. The rain was coming down sideways super hard, and it was a game that I wasn't even sure if the Bees were going to start on time at that 1 o'clock kickoff. They eventually did start at 1 o'clock, and you know the weather definitely played a factor as neither team was able to score when they were going into the wind, which was blowing from south to north. So, you know, it is what it is. The Bees fall to 2-7, and seven, and now they take on Missouri Baptist tomorrow at 1 o'clock p.m. for their final game of the season. It is senior day over at Brady Street Stadium. Missouri Baptist comes in with a record of 3-7, and seven, the Bees 2-7. and seven. So the Bees looking to move up a little bit, go 3-4 and four in conference, which would keep them kind of in the middle of the pack of the conference. Missouri Baptist currently 1-5 in the conference, so they're looking to kind of move their way up as well. Both teams are having very disappointing seasons, especially the Bees. I think there are definitely a few games that the Bees could have won, but they just did not. And this is a team for the Bees that really needs to get something going for next year. The one positive outlook I have for this football program at St. Ambrose is the JV team went undefeated. Their final game was last Sunday, November 6th, in which they beat Clark University 30-14 to up in Dubuque. So if the JV team go 8-0, I think that shows a lot of positive outlook going forward in the next couple years. But there is one more game left to play. KALA will be on the call this Saturday at 1 o'clock. But, you know, Senior Day, this game, it feels like a game that you have to send the seniors out with the win and try to salvage any sense of hope going forward for future years. Up next, it's women's volleyball. And the women's volleyball team is in a very interesting spot in their season. 
They come in with a record of 23 and 8 and then a 13 and 3 conference record. And then this women's volleyball team beat Cardinal Stritch in the CCAC tournament quarterfinals at Lee Loman Arena here on the campus of St. Ambrose University, three games to one in that match. St. Ambrose beat Cardinal Stritch 25-16 in the first game, and then 25-12 in the second game. So after two commanding wins by the Bees, Cardinal Stritch bounced back, winning 30-28 in the third game. Then the Bees went right back to their domination of Cardinal Stritch, winning 25-12 in the fourth game of the match to win 3-1. Then on November 10th, so yesterday, Thursday at 7 o'clock p.m., the Bees faced off against Judson in the CCAC Tournament semifinals at the Lee Loman Arena right here on campus of St. Ambrose University. I'll have more on that game next week as I'm still waiting on the official scores and stats to be posted from that one. Now to wrap it up, It is men's basketball and then women's basketball, where both teams are kind of underperforming to start off their years. The men's basketball team comes into this segment with an overall record of one win and three losses, and then a conference record of zero wins and one loss on the year. After winning their opening game two Wednesdays ago, November 2nd, 80-73 against Mount Mercy, the Bees fell to the Missouri Baptist Spartans 74-62 on the road. Then the Bees came home this past Monday, November 7th, in which they lost 77-75 against Clark at the Lee Loman Arena. A very close game, a game that the Bees probably could have won if they had a better chance. But, you know, it is what it is, and it's all about how the Bees bounce back after a close loss. How did the Bees bounce back, you might ask? Well, this past Wednesday, they faced off against Judson in Illinois at the Lindner Fitness Center, losing 74-72. In that game against Judson, scoring for the Bees was led by Kieran Farrell, putting up 18 points while also adding three rebounds, an assist, and then a steal and a block to his name. Javen Jones also had a good game, putting up nine points with four rebounds and two assists. And then Patrick Torrey came off the bench to add on 16 points with three rebounds and no assists to the game. Amari Wills also had a good game, putting up 12 points with six rebounds and two assists to his stat line. So the Bees may be 1-3 to start off the year, but they have a big challenge coming up tomorrow at 3 o'clock p.m. as the Bees face off against the Roosevelt Lakers here at home at the Lee Loman Arena in Davenport. After that, the Bees will take on Olivet Nazarene in Bourbonnet at the McKay Arena next Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. I'll have more on those scores and stats when it comes to next week's episode. Just like the men's team, the women's basketball team has a 1-3 overall record and then a 0-1 conference record. Like the men's team, the Bees women's basketball team won their opening game 66-57 against Viterbo before losing 68-61 to William Penn at the Grandview Classic. Then, in the second game of the Grandview Classic, the Bees took on the host, Grandview, losing 82-62. Most recently on Wednesday, the Bees were at Judson, like the men's team, losing 66-61 in Elgin. In that game, for the Bees against the Eagles, the leading scorer was Anna Plummer, who had 15 points. Outside of the 15 points, Plummer also had 4 rebounds and 1 assist. Kylie Robleski put up yet another great game with 13 points, 8 rebounds, and no assists. And then Abby Walter came off the bench, putting up 12 points with 8 rebounds and 1 assist. So... 
a lot of girls on this women's basketball team definitely getting involved early, making sure everybody is getting their chances when they hit the court. Just like the men's team, the women's basketball team will take on the Roosevelt Lakers tomorrow at home at 1 o'clock p.m. for the first conference doubleheader of the season. Then, like the men's team, the Bees will travel to Olivet Nazarene at 5.30 p.m. on Wednesday, November 16th in Bourbonnais for a away doubleheader within the conference. That's all the time and sports I have to talk about for the sports segment of KALA This Week. I'm Ryan Schistel. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow at 1 o'clock p.m. for the Fighting Bees' final football matchup. It's senior day between the Missouri Baptist Spartans and your St. Ambrose Fighting Bees as both teams look to improve on their records to close out the season. Thank you for listening to the ninth installment of KALA This Week. All content was written and recorded by Anna Berry, McKenna Verdon, Sierra Mari, Ryan Schistel, and Bailey Winfrey. Thank you to our executive producer, Dave Baker. Thank you for listening to KALA This Week, and we will be back next Friday at 4 p.m.